Hi, and welcome to Falling Star, a Star Wars D6 actual play podcast. Some of you have probably wondered where we've been the last couple weeks. Well, the fact is, I've been busy. Uh, More than that, we've had some scheduling conflicts that have prevented us from getting some of our new episodes in the pipeline. That hopefully will be resolved fairly shortly. Um, In the meantime, I have a little bit of fan mail so far, and I thought I'd answer just a couple of questions that we've received over the last couple of weeks. So, first and foremost, the question was asked, can you explain some of the mechanics? Star Wars D6 is actually a very simple system. Uh, Basically, if you have a challenge or you are trying to do something as a character, there is a difficulty number. Whether that's high or low, depends on any number of factors. Difficulties typically range from... 3 all the way up to 45 plus in the case of very extreme things. Uh, Basically, you have a skill, you roll the skill, uh, and total your dice. And all your dice are uh, 6 at a die, and you just add up and see if you exceed at whatever you're doing. There is a total of 6 attributes. uh, Strength, knowledge, mechanical, perception, uh, dexterity, and technical. If you all your skills fall under one of those attributes, so bla- shooting a blaster might be a dexterity skill, dodge might be a dexterity skill, lifting might be a strength skill, blaster repair is a technical skill. All those skills combine. Uh, basically, they just default up to the attribute. So if I don't have blaster skill, I can still shoot a blaster. I just refer to my dexterity skill instead of the the skill under it. So refer, I refer back to dexterity as the parent attribute. Knowledge, if I want to find out if I know something, uh, if I don't have a specific skill, like a language skill or history or planetary systems skill, then I just go back to the knowledge attribute and get to roll that. Anytime you roll any dice, with very, very, very few exceptions, one single die out of that is always a wild die. Basically, if you roll a 6, it explodes. You get to re-roll the 6 and keep adding to the total. Uh, if you roll a 1, you suffer a potential mishap. Typically, the Game Master will just subtract out one of the high die. So if you roll 6, 3, 2, and a 1 on the wild die, the Game Master will, will knock off the 1 and the 6, leaving you only with 3 and 2 as your total uh, for 5. <clears throat> Um, other times, depending on what's appropriate, it's and it's entirely the Game Master's discretion, the Game Master can do other things. They can simply ignore the result and just say, okay, it happens anyway, or they can have something else bad happen. You step on a twig when you're trying to sneak, or any sort of weird happenstance, whatever the Game Master thinks is a good uh, story development or plot twist. Uh, typically... My approach is I only apply the mishap rule where something bad really happens about one time in 10, one time in 20, really. Just where I I think it's going to fit in, and if I can think of something on the spot. I'm not going to agonize about it, otherwise I'll just subtract out the die, fail or succeed. <clears throat> Other than that, the, the system's really simple. Uh, the rules get a little more complicated when you talk about getting into... Uh, four skills, and so I'm really not going to get into discussing that today, but there are some other rules here and there I could get deeply into 
you know, turn sequence and uh, uh, and other things like that. I will go. I will discuss damage since it comes up a lot. Anytime anyone is hit by anything or injured by anything, typically what happens is there's a damage code. Um, in again, in terms of d6, whether it's you know two d6 or six d6 or something like that, uh, and that's rolled directly against the character's strength plus any armor they're wearing that is appropriate. So, if they're wearing a helmet, that might offer one d of physical protection against headshots. So, um, they take say someone hits them on the head, you roll. For example, four dice of damage to, against their head, and you compare the result between whatever their strength is. If they've got a strength of 2d plus 2, you roll two dice and then add two to the total, and then they're wearing that armor of another 1d, so you add that, so you, then you're rolling 3d plus 2 versus the four dice of damage, and you compare the result, and the, the difference between those two results uh, determines how damaged you are, whether you take a wound or you're incapacitated or... Uh, mortally wounded or outright killed or stunned. There, there's this um, between four and five results, depending on how you figure it. Um, it could possibly do no damage, so it's possible to hit someone full in the face with a blaster if they roll exceptionally well in the strength. It, it doesn't do any damage, um, you know. And from a storytelling point of view, you always want to narrate that as, you know, the the blaster misfires or something like that. You don't want to say, yeah, you take a blaster shot in the face and you just smile. You, there's got to be a story reason for it, but you can make that up as you go. Um, their turn sequence and combat rules are a little more complicated. Uh, typically, anytime you attempt to do anything uh, in a single round or anytime you're trying to do multiple things at one time, you lose one die for every additional task beyond one you do. So if I am trying to do um, take three shots this round, I because I'm taking three actions, I lose two dice from all my actions. So I only get if my blaster skill is sixty, then I get to roll forty for each of those my shots. And at the very first action, you have to declare how many actions you plan on taking. So that's basically how that all works. It's not a again, it's very simple, very fast. Um, the longest thing is possibly adding up the dice, and, uh, you know, that can be a little tedious sometimes, I suppose, but for the most part, it's really quite simple. The next question we were asked was about the skill challenge, when our various players face down Lord Vader. This is something that is only glancingly covered in the rules, and it's really more of an adaptation of some mechanics that are in other game systems. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons 4th Edition has this. I believe some ver some other versions of the Star Wars role-playing game have this as a skill challenge, is how it's labeled. Basically, because I, I and the players all agreed that Darth Vader can't lose a fight against three Jedi, we set out... Uh, all everyone involved agreed that this was a losing proposition for everyone, but we wanted to still wanted the chance to tell a story. So I approached this as a skill challenge, and the way that works in say Dungeons and Dragons is that players have a skill, they roll their skill, they have some sort of target number they have to hit, and they have to describe how that skill applies to the target. Um, so if they're trying to 
um, you know, solve a riddle or they're trying to talk their way past a guard, they might use their knowledge of history to, um, you know, bring up some event from the past and compare it to the present day, or they might use their arcana skill to cast a spell or something like that. Now, for Star Wars, we have this huge pool of skills, and I basically set out a difficulty. I set out a, a rating for how hard I thought this overall task was going to be, um, and given the experience of the players, given the experience of the characters, I tried to make it so the players had about a 50-50 chance of succeeding. They would uh, do better or worse based on their narration, so I awarded sort of silent bonuses based on how well they narrated what was going to happen, and then allowed them to use their skills against a Darth Vader who was not actually an opponent to the game. He was not, I did not use his strength, I did not use his uh, dexterity skill or anything like that. I simply decided what was going to happen to set up the next challenge that they were going to face as we narrated. So I, And then I set a, a threshold number of successes. So I said they needed 10 successes or whatever it was. And they needed, say, a 12. They need to roll a 12 or 15 for their skill. And so they would tell me, okay, well, I'm going to use my lightsaber skill to swing. And I say, okay, so tell me how that works. So they roll their dice and they um, say they succeed. They succeed. And they said, okay, well, I slash at Vader. And I said, okay, Vader, you're, you obviously don't manage to hit Vader, but Vader, you do force Vader on the defensive and he takes a couple of steps back. And the next player says, okay, well, I'm going to swing at Vader with my lightsaber. Well, I set up the rather arbitrary rule to say that you can't use the same skill twice. That we can sort of imagine that the lightsabers are clashing back and forth throughout this whole process. I want to know what else you're bringing to the fight. So the next player said, okay, well, I'm going to use my knowledge of geology to um, examine the terrain and notice that the rocks that the Vader is, is standing on are, are really crumbly, so I'm going to slash them and cause it to spark up. I said, okay, give me that roll. The player missed it roll. Say the player misses the roll, then I go ahead and say, okay, well, then you misjudge what type of rocks they were, your lightsaber clatters armlessly, and that's a failure. And the players had to get X number of successes and X number of failures. If they hit too many failures, they'd lose the fight. If they uh, or they suffer some additional consequence. It was sort of a foregone conclusion that they would lose the fight. So we went through all that. Um, as it turned out, my players succeeded. I did choose to give them bonuses, uh, kind of mental bonuses, and I did choose to make the, the difficulty number that they were trying to hit continue to escalate throughout the fight to represent the fight becoming more desperate. So it was easy to get successes early on, but harder to get them later on. And we had already all agreed that Vader was going to win the fight. It was not about that, but it allowed us to say, okay, well, Vader does this flip, or Vader, you know, blasts you with a force without having to roll a bunch of mechanics and dice uh, to try and figure out how that happens. Um, you know, we know what Vader can do. We've seen it in the movies. We've seen um, exactly what Jedi can do. And the dice aren't always fully appropriate, especially when you look at a climactic lightsaber battle. There's all these skills that come into play. If I just think about the skills that come into play when Vader uh, and uh, Obi-Wan fight on Mustafar, you know, they're 
jumping and flying and kicking and you know the most optimal thing to do in a role-playing game is not to kick someone odds are you you take your best weapon the thing you've got the highest to hit with you try and hit it and you try and do the most damage but if you look at these fights that happen in uh return of the jedi or in any of these movies they aren't just swinging with a lightsaber they're jumping and flipping and kicking and uh blasting each other with force and um you know, throwing things in each other's faces or using telekinesis to hurl things at each other. All these other neat things that you can bring to the fight, and we can just imagine the clash of sabers going back and forth, but the deciding factor is what else you bring to the fight. So it isn't, while being the best swordsman is certainly an advantage, and that's how we set out, we knew Vader was going to win, but all these other little tricks that our players can do can bring to the table. One of our characters had a pickpocketing skill, so they brought that to the table and they tried to do something surreptitious using, you know, pickpocketing techniques. Um, now, it wasn't... I wasn't allowing them to deal direct damage to Vader. There was no chance they were going to win the fight, but they could still bring that into the, into the story and allow us to develop a richer battle. Um, if I had any regrets, I probably would have made it probably would have said I would have made that go longer. And this was a first for all of us. We'd never really tried this rule. It was something kicking around in the back of my head. And I got to that point in the story and realized if we just roll the dice, number one, I'm literally rolling 20 to 40 dice every time Vader tries to do anything. Assuming he, he spends a force point to do anything, I can roll 20 or 40 dice just to see if Vader hits someone, and then the amount of damage that he does would kill anything. I mean, strictly speaking, by the by the rules, Vader can bring down a Star Destroyer with a lightsaber in a single shot. That's how unbalanced that sort of character is. So, we really had to tell the story in another way. And I thought this would give us a better opportunity for number one, character control. I wanted the characters to have some sort of, or the, excuse me, I wanted the players to have some sort of narrative control of the story in a way that just rolling dice doesn't necessarily let them have it. Um, so that's how it worked out. And I honestly, after listening to it a couple times and while I was editing audio, I was pretty pleased. I probably would have chosen to make it go longer and asked for a more diverse skill set. So maybe I said, would have said every time you use a skill, it's dead for four turns or something like that, rather than just it's only dead for the next turn. Uh, overall, I really was happy with it. Uh, it probably warrants a little bit of refinement. Um, but how often do you fight lightsaber battles against Vader? I can tell you right now, odds are that's not going to come up in this in this campaign that we're running. Finally, I wanted to address the house rules section. So in addition to our skill challenge, which was kind of a house rule, and honestly one that was come up right on the fly, there are a couple other rules I've chosen to modify out of the base system. First of all, I have condensed and reformatted some of the skills. Uh, I was never really happy with the change in starfighter piloting and space transports piloting and capital ship piloting the way that it's impl implemented in the various books. To me, flying the Millennium Falcon 
zipping in and out, performing all the maneuvers that a starfighter would perform in combat, means they fly similarly. It's a fast ship that's designed to flip in and out of a fleet combat, or at least is used to flip in and around a fleet combat. You don't see the Millennium Falcon performing any maneuvers that an X-Wing doesn't perform. You know, they spin, they yaw, they uh, jink, they, you know, basically perform an immelman or something like that. So all these various maneuvers that the Millennium Falcon does kind of make it a starfighter. And, in fact, when we look at the ships, they either fly in straight lines in combat, they might turn a little bit, but they, they aren't, you know, weaving here and there uh, versus, you know, the way a uh, starfighter moves, they zip and turn and flip and, and dodge. There really is only two classifications. You know, things either move like giant floating bricks or you know, gun platforms, or they, you know, are maneuvering like a starfighter. So I just broke things down. There's already a nice division in uh, in the rules between scales. You've got starfighter scale and capital ship scale. As far as I'm concerned, that's where the line goes. Millennium Falcon starfighter scale, The it maneuvers like a fighter, it should have stats like a fighter. The only place this even comes a little bit weird, and this is kind of a minutia, there's one or two ships that are classified as capital ships but fly like starfighters, and one of those is the Skipray Blast Boat. It's a ship we actually saw in our first uh, in our first adventure. It really maneuvers like a starfighter. So, you know, I played with those and just turned it into... You have a starfighter piloting skill, which is flipping in and around and doing all these fancy maneuvering, and capital ship piloting, which is maneuvering these big giant floating bricks in space. Those are the only two really options. There's no in-between for those. The second thing I did was I pulled apart repair. I was never really happy with the way repair skills uh, work in the rules. Basically, you used to have, um, you've got capital ship repair and starfighter repair and space transports repair. It never really made sense to me why fixing an engine on a transport or a capital ship or a starfighter are very much different. It's all the same technology. So I split things up. Instead, so I've got a blaster repair, which is you know, repairing the gun systems on anything, whether it's a handgun or a X-Wing or a Star Destroyer. It's all the same laser technology. It's all the same ion technology. So we just have a blaster repair that covers all the spectrum of weapons. No matter what scale it is, you're fixing beam weapons. And then I covered starship repair, which is, you know, deck plating, um patching holes in the hull, anything like that could cover anything in that realm that's not covered by anything else. Then I had, you know, sublight engine repair and hyperdrive repair and uh, missile weapon repair that could cover any kind of missile system, be it a shoulder-mounted rocket to uh, concussion missile launchers on a capital-scale ship. I really wanted just to cover a broad spectrum of things um, that made sense, that you're, you're 
a good at a particular technology. It, it doesn't make any sense to me why you can be really good at fixing the repulsor lifts on the Millennium Falcon, but don't know a thing about fixing the exact same repulsor lift system on a speeder bike. You know, why are those different? So we've got a repulsor lift repair skill to fit, that fits in there. And it's broken out more by system. It's really doesn't make any difference other than it makes more, it, it's more logically consistent to me. Um, repair skills don't come into play that often. They, they do come up, but not that often. Um, the other change I've done is probably a little more controversial, controversial, but I have done away with parry skills. Uh, brawling parry and melee parry are... No one sits down and learns how to fight. They don't learn brawling, hand-to-hand -hand combat, without learning how to block. You, you learn how to punch, and you learn how to block. You learn If you learn how to fight with a sword, it's a melee skill. You also learn how to block with a sword. It's just... That's part of the lesson. And uh, it just... It, though it does tend to add a little bit to skill inflation, um, you know, characters across the board get better, uh, it just doesn't make any other logical sense to me that those are separate skills. So I've done away with all the parry skills. Everything uses the skill that it's in. Now, dodge is a different story. Um... And you might say that that become that you know every other skill has an offensive and a defensive component. Blaster has the has dodge as a as its defensive variant. Uh, but dodge is used for so many other things, whether it's just you know getting out of the way of a falling turbo lift or getting out of the way of a ship that's rocketing past you or anything else. I just chose to make uh, that a separate skill and. Finally, that about covers it for the main questions, and I apologize if this is kind of a off-the-cuff, rambling sort of session. Um, I really had hoped we would be publishing a couple of new sessions by now. Uh, it just turns out that trying to get four or five people together where everyone's schedule all lines up is a little bit harder in real person. All of our games are face-to-face -face games. We aren't recording Skype sessions, so it makes it a little harder to coordinate uh, everyone's schedule. Um, that said, I'm looking forward to our next adventure. I think we finally got all of our ducks in a row and got everyone's schedule lined out. So maybe in two weeks we should have a new episode, hopefully sometime after the 7th of June. So until then... Good luck, and may the Force be with you.